The day after Thanksgiving, we're all a little bit uh, sluggish on this Friday. It's Black Friday. Maybe you're driving around. Maybe you're coming back home. Maybe you're just sitting around and uh, taking in the football today. But maybe you're just waiting for Ben Fred Fridays, which is presented by Mark Milton, stltaxlawyer.com. If you have tax resolution issues, make sure you go to stltaxlawyer.com. Also, the wet basement season, snow, rain, a lot of basement issues, crawl space issues, uh, cracked basement issues in the walls. Make sure you go to stratumrepair.com, stratumrepair.com. Hey, Ben, happy Thanksgiving to you. Hopefully it was a great one with you and your family. Happy Thanksgiving, Dan, and uh, happy Black Friday out there to those who uh, celebrate. I'm sure that uh, <laughs> I'm sure that folks are, uh, um, you know, podcasting this as they stand in line to get their new TV or fight for someone over that fight with someone over that the last parking spot. But if, uh, if they are, then hopefully this provides some uh, calmness in the, in the madness. I won't be out there, but I have, uh, have respect for those who brave the, uh, the elements, but maybe we can give them, uh, give them something to pass the time, but I'm good, man. Other than being, uh, being, a uh, what's it called? Tryptophan poisoning. I'm, I'm doing all right. What was How the, are you? Well, I'm doing great. What was your favorite dish yesterday? Turkey? We will uh, turkey, but we also had a little smoked ham, and yeah. uh, you know I'm a big meat guy, so those are try to keep it uh, try to keep it there with only a little bit of the other stuff. So it was uh, I'm not full blown like liver king like your guy, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, you send me those <laughs> all the time. I love that guy. <laughs> I uh, no pumpkin pie. My dad makes an apple pie that's pretty dang good. So. Um, that's my that's my go-to for the dessert. Absolutely. Lots to be thankful for in sports and a uh, lot to talk about that's uh, transpired this past week in St. Louis sports. A lot of big sports stories. And um, I, I guess I'm going to start with this one. I want to start with the Rams. I think that's where I'm going to go here, the Rams and the NFL. And so the city has figured out what they want to do with the remaining money after this has all been dispersed, how it's going to be split up. Um, so we know how it, the, th- the three ways in which it's going to go. The, the lawyers have been paid. How do you think this is going to be used, or how would you like to see this be used among the entities that now have the money in their in their coffers? Yeah, hopefully this split is deemed you know fair to everybody, and there's no you know disgruntled parties left, and folks can take their money and, and get to work on figuring out how to make that money work. And you know, I, I think that whether you're immediately spending it or immediately investing it or whatever route it goes, I would just like to see choices made that are not based in, you know, politics, but choices that years from now we can all step back and say, Hey, those were sound investments. Um, you know, there's only so much the, you know, the dome authority can spend money on. They're going to have to upgrade the dome and, and they should, you know, we're going to have events going on there. We always we have continued to have events going on there. The Battle Hawks are going to play there. It needs some upgrades. But uh, beyond that, I would like to see at least some of it used um, towards something that promotes, you know, sports activity participation, um, you know, whether it's scholarships or or youth programs in that area. I think there's enough to to kind of earmark some of this for youth sports participation development, um, keeping kids involved and in shape, um, helping them stay in school through being involved in sports. I don't know what that looks like, but I would love to see some way, shape or form that be used for some of it. Now, everybody's got their ideas and there are a lot of good ideas. We could use cleaner streets, safer streets. We could use a lot of different things. So everybody will have their own 
plans. Um, and that's fine. That's good. Hopefully the, you know, the powers that be listen, but I am glad that hopefully now the discussion about who gets what is over and the conversation can hopefully shift Dan to this is where it's going. Well, I, I had a conversation, um, with Martin, as you know, we do these, uh, podcasts and, and we have a lot of fun with these every week. We do at least one a week, sometimes two. And one of the things we talked about is that one of these groups, and I hope that some of this, I don't know how much money it needs to be, but some of it has to go into, in my opinion, something that rolls over every year into scholarships for kids involved in sports. And maybe you have to hit certain milestones in the classroom to receive the scholarship, but uh, you're playing sports, whatever. I don't know how you do it. I, I don't have the parameters off the top of my head. I'm sure I could come up with it, but you call it the NFL scholarship or the NFL fund so that we are reminded and they are reminded, thank you very much. This is what you did and that we are still benefiting from what we all invested in to try to bring this to St. Louis and that there's a reminder that this is still happening 40 years down the road, 50 years down. I don't care what it is, but there needs to be a reminder that this is still happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I think something that can be pointed to, you know, it would be great to hear years from now, hey, remember everyone who said that St. Louis was stupid or silly or short-sighted or, or you know, a bunch of Pollyannas for hoping that they could claw something back from the NFL after the team moved? Remember how remember how they said they, that, that effort was crazy? Well, that effort has produced, you know, you know X first time college attendees exactly something like that where you can put a number on it that and, and in a way where it's not going to say people who view one way politically are not going to say that's great another another group will say that's terrible i mean something universally approved that could say wow that's a really good use of that and maybe you should have thought it went somewhere else but you can't argue with the good that it's done um, that should be the goal i hope that everybody involved with making these choices is thinking along those lines and they're all saying the right things. You know, they're all talking about a lasting legacy and something that will uh, really stand out and, and be, be, you know, look better and better as the years go along. And I hope that, I hope they follow through with that because you're absolutely right, Dan. It's to me, the legacy of this money should be, this is what happens when you stand up for yourself. This is what happens when you go toe to toe with a, uh, a force that no one thought you could beat and go now make something with that, that, tells that story for years to come that would be outstanding if the best thing if the thing that the best thing that happens from this is that people's lives change for the better then it was worth the fight and hopefully the nfl learned a lesson from it too absolutely i totally agree with you um albert Pujols, a couple of days ago the comeback player of the year and there were so many people that said why bring him home i was not one of them i thought it was a great move i loved it did i anticipate this Hell no. I didn't think you'd do this, but I thought it'd be a great move. And man, was it ever. And it was so much fun. So much fun to watch it. That second half, uh, I've said this on social media. I've said it publicly um, on the games. I don't think we're ever going to see something like this again. That was just awesome. And it's great that he gets the comeback player of the year. It was just a everything came full circle. And what a way to end his career. Man, um, you knew when the DH came on board in the National League, okay, this this could be something and you know you, you knew what he did with the dodgers and 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 when it when it kind of snapped into place it was like let's see how this goes there's there's nothing there's really never any way it could go wrong i decided when it happened because 
if if he if he went out there and he couldn't perform, he wasn't going to go embarrass himself. He would have he would have simply retired. Um, however, so I knew that there was I knew there was no really worst case scenario on on the deal that you bring him back on. And and you always say, hey, it's Albert. He might go out and make some magic. But I think even those of us who said he might go make some magic, like I thought he was going to catch a rod, um, but I didn't think he was going to get to seven hundred. And he gets there easily. Um, he becomes more importantly, Dan, this team's like third best hitter over the course of the season. Um, the bat that they was absolutely a key part of their of their bat into their lineup entering the postseason. Um, the way he mentored guys, the way that he lifted up this lineup. He carried the team at times. Some of their biggest games, their biggest wins, most important wins were games that turned on an Albert Pujols home run. Um, he did, he did a little bit of everything. He turned back the clock and he became much more than a, than a you know, valuable platoon guy, which is what the hope was when they brought him back. So it was pretty remarkable to see. I think it was a great pick for the award. Um, I'm a little surprised that Albert didn't get any, um, appearance on the MVP ballot. Kind of wondered if he might get one tenth place vote, um, but uh, one or two, but he didn't. But this comeback award is probably better um, because you remember where he was. Now he had a good good stint with the Dodgers, but with the Angels letting him go and how frustrating that had to have been for him. You know, you remember that video of Nolan Arenado going around of him, you know, hoping that Albert Pujols got a chance to finish the right way. Yeah, he he got to finish the right way. I think that's safe to say. You know what? I got a good column for you. Okay, okay hit me. Okay, I, I'm just I'm spitballing here. You know I do that. Yeah. Okay, I like it. I'm, I'm spitballing. Now there's got to be better contracts that have happened. I would assume where a guy is signed for like the minimum, and yeah. he's gone off and just like maybe was the MVP. I don't know. It's probably happened. I in some sport, but the Cardinals paid him two and a half million dollars. And you'd have to get with one of your your business folks at uh, the Post-Dispatch and go, okay, what was the financial impact that Albert made? You know what I mean? Like, like do a really deep dive. You know what I mean? Like, so, okay, you're... Like you're the return on investment of one year, two and a half million. Yeah, so, so okay, <laughs> you're, you're supposed to get like 2.2 or uh, what, 2.8 million fans. You got around 3.3. Three. How much of that was Albert? Now, you had the Yachty effect, too. And you had the Yachty Wayno effect on, you know, certain nights, obviously. But the second half was big. And then your return on investment over the fact that this guy carried you in the second half. So then you got in the playoffs. Man, I, I it's it's gotta be one of the great signings in it, it's gotta be like top ten, top twenty, doesn't it? In terms of value produced. Yeah, like yeah. like in terms not of just revenue earned. Well, not yes. just revenue. I mean to the whole package. No, revenue experience. Yeah. Like the, the the experience coming full circle, legend returns. And oh by the way, he produced on the field too. Right. Yeah. And became your one of your key hitters entering the postseason. Um, yeah. he was this he was a he was a rock in this lineup by the time by the time, you know, it got to good the most column important for you. part. Good column so, for you. Oh okay. I'm just, I'm just spitballing. I got you. Just oh, trying I, to help I've call, you. I've called it, I've been calling it Pujols Palooza for for a reason. I mean, it was. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd like to know at what point. You know, the Cardinals will probably never give us the straight answer here, but I would like to know at what point they were in the green on Pujols. Like, um, was it the second they announced the uh, was twelve it the hours? Second they announced, yeah. <laughs> like, by, this, by the close of business the next day, the contract had paid for itself. Well, I can tell you. I, I will tell you this. I. I 
my understanding was like the, the so they made the announcement. Remember, it, like the news trickled out at night. Like yep. I think it was a Sunday night, if yep. memory serves correct. And then he was introduced the next day at Roger Dean. Yeah, it comes through the uh, the wagon gate down the right field line, and everybody's going nuts. And like by that night, I know they had sold a bunch of tickets. I mean, yep. maybe it paid for itself in a day. I, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to think though, Ben, that. Like the final weekend tickets probably went, you know, they, they probably sold in a opening day, probably then sold out at that point, or at least got close to it. And then you, you're thinking, okay, well then what's another milestone moment? Even if he doesn't hit a home run, he's just kind of hanging around. It's like, well, the final day, you know, you want to be there for that final, that final, oh, yeah. you know, oh, so yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that those kind of moments. Yeah, it's, it was just awesome. I mean, it was factor in, and you know, factor in. This wouldn't go into this equation, but just the amount of Cardinals fans who saw the team on the road. This absolutely, year who wouldn't have? Um, I, I was hearing from people who were trying to schedule their tickets to to see him on the road for um, sure. If they lived away from St. Louis, but wanted to try to catch one, want to try to see him hit one, just wanted to see him again in the Cardinals uniform. So. Um, yeah, that's a that would be a uh, it would be an awesome breakdown of of all the the effect of Albert in his in his final season. But um, here's the thing, Dan, they just got to find the next Albert Pujols. Just find the next guy that you can that you can sign for two and a half million who will become a massive key piece to your lineup. No no pressure, no problem, right? There's there's got to be another Albert out there. Well, oh, you wait, no, probably not. Well, you wrote about it. I'm not saying he's Albert Pujols and going to hit 700, but he could be a star in the making, and that's Jordan Walker coming. So I'm excited to see him in spring. I think that's one of the the main storylines, if not the main storyline going into spring training, is what do you do with Jordan Walker coming up? Yeah, give him a chance, man. Give him a chance to be a part of this thing and look at what he did at the Arizona Fall League. It's more and more and more impressive things stacked one on top of the other. He takes to outfield fine. He's throwing balls like a hundred miles in from the outfield, um, hundred miles per hour in, which is one of like the best, best velocities in base would have been one of the best velocities in the major leagues last season. He's got elite sprint speed around the bases. He, I just, I know, I know Cardinals fans are now more tuned in on prospects than ever before. And that's awesome. But one of the things that you've got to know about Jordan Walker, because you're going to see him, he's big, he's strong. He's not just a hitter, man. He he can he can be a dynamic defender, and he's fast. He's an athlete, and I think you got to give him a chance to make things interesting. He's gonna have to force their hand probably at spring, but he may very well do it. I just hope, and I wrote this is what I wrote about is kind of the two edged thing. It's totally right to be super excited about this young man. It's also totally right to hope that the Cardinals don't kind of create a situation where he's kind of vacuum pulled into a spot that is asking him to. Do so much the second that he shows up. It would be really nice if they could have him. Every position in the major league lineup is pressure packed. It would be really nice if they could have him in a spot where he's not feeling like he has to protect Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado from day one. That he can just try to figure out which way is up in the major leagues before he has those kind of pressures on him. So I think that's got to be something they think about in terms of what they look for in a bat. Because you, if you don't do anything else, and you and he's on your team come opening day, then it's going to be really easy for everybody to kind of start thinking he should be that guy. Absolutely, I, I want to go back to Albert. By the way, you were at uh, you were at the Musial Awards. How was that with Albert and all the different uh, award uh, award winners? 
he was awesome. Um, you know, he's won so many awards. I can understand if a guy would get to the point where he kind of feels like, all right, I've been to this, been to these million of these presentations, but the musical awards are unlike any other presentation. I mean, they really are a special uplifting event. And I think Albert was touched by the fact that the musical family was going to be there for that and helped, you know, decide to give him this lifetime sportsmanship honor it named after Stan and obviously he had a special relationship with Stan and it meant a lot to him to kind of link those legacies uh, they were already linked but further link them the family showed up uh, a lot of the family to to give him the award in person which uh, you know he was in tears up there on the stage at Stiefel Theater which is uh, which is pretty powerful I mean he's He's an emotional guy, but he pretty protects it quite a bit. And to see him really kind of acknowledge that moment and what it meant to him was was pretty powerful. So I think that one will be pretty high on his uh, accomplishment shelf. I, I do. I, I think it I think it meant a lot to him. And, and I think that in his comments, he talked about it was for him. It wasn't about what Stan did on the field. He knew that he respected the history. It was amazing. It was about how Stan carried himself. And he always had that kind of joy about him and. Albert, I think, really tried to show that, especially this last year. He was a different kind of guy. There was a lighter, there was a light to him, and he he had fun playing baseball. Even Paul Goldschmidt has talked about how much he enjoyed playing this season because he watched Albert, and uh, that's that's not always the Albert we knew the first time around. He was so driven, so serious. But I thought it was cool that in this season that really made this musical honor so fitting. Albert played with some of that happiness that he saw in Stan. I thought the way I would put it, he was at peace. He came home. He was, you know, everything had been, he's accomplished everything he possibly could accomplish. And he just added to it, you know, got to 700, obviously then got, I I, I still believe getting to Babe Ruth and, and passing him and runs batted in is something that's overlooked in this great season that he had. The home runs are great. Don't get me wrong. Runs batted in, helps you win too, and that gets overlooked. So he added to that legacy as well with those numbers, but um, and, and that should not be overlooked. And the games played, and I mean, he, he did a bunch of different things. And past Stan, by the way, in a bunch of different things too this year. Uh, but I, I just felt he was at peace. I, I've never seen him like this, and I, I'll never see a season like this, never see a second half like this with a guy that's 42. So that's kind of the way I looked at it. He was just at peace. He was having fun. He was back home. It was beloved. He's beloved here. And kind of all the all the nastiness, of, if anybody held that, I think is gone. I, I really do. And the, now this is what's interesting. And I don't know if you look at it this way or not. Um, I was kind of thinking about Aaron Judge. Now I'm going in a totally different direction here. So Albert gets the 10-year deal, and he leaves. And the end of the 10-year deal, obviously, with the Angels, wasn't great. He was he was released. Um, it does make you wonder how the Yankees approach what Judge may do. I mean, the Giants have all kinds of money to spend. They've got no money on their books if they don't want it after this year um, with, with certain players. So they, they've got money to spend, and if they want that thing to look ugly at the back end to get Stanton, they can – but think about how the game has changed even from 10, 11, 12 years. You know, when a guy gets to be 37, 38, their bodies are not what they were 10 years ago. You know what I mean? The science has even changed then, even in the steroid testing era of the, the just the nutrition and how guys take care of themselves is even better. So I wonder if 
you feel more comfortable now giving a 10-year deal to a guy now, even as opposed to when you would do it with a guy like Albert Pujols or other players back then that would get a 10-year deal. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I hear you. I think, I think with Aaron, it's just going to be, you know that there are going to probably be bad years in any contract it takes sure. to get him. And you just have to be comfortable. So just front-loaded, I guess. I, it, and also with I, I think I think the question for players is is kind of like teams seem to be willing to give very high you know annual annual average salaries so it, to me it's almost like what 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 is what are you more into the years or the money because sometimes I think the the emphasis is on years 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 where maybe if you take a little bit shorter you, you could get just as much and maybe get maybe get more valuable you know, single year deals at the end. Now guys don't want to think about that because they want to think about security and they don't like going through the free agency. Some of them don't like going through the free agency thing again. And, and judge would be smart now to take the, you know, the big payday because he took a bet on himself and, and earned it. But, you know, I, I do think that if you're of a certain player, like you're probably better off saying, Hey, let me get, paid for the next year two years big and and see and can have teams compete for that number than demanding something that may be unrealistic um, like a verlander type you know he should say one year come get me um and and that and teams would because there are really no one bad one-year deals now could judge if i were judge i would i would at least ask my representation and say hey What's the most we can get per year? And how could that maybe set me up to be like the Verlander where if I age great, then I could be, I could be, you know, snapping off one year deals to go bounce between contenders later on. But I think it's easy for Verlander to think like that. He's made a whole bunch of money. Um, Guys want to get length and big paydays now. So with judge, it's, you know, if you just knew his body, like the way it looks, you'd say, Oh, you, how's he going to hold up? But, he seems to be a physical specimen. The guy plays, doesn't get hurt, takes care of himself. Um, you know, he's kind of one of these one of these guys who seems just kind of built a little different. Usually, tall guys like that, you'd go, oh, man, you know, how's that going to hold up? But he doesn't exactly – he's not Stanton. I mean, he's got a better track record of kind of taking care of his body or at least having better injury luck. So there's not really a lot you can point to to say, oh, he's going to break down other than – you know that we've seen some guys play past their 30s and be pretty good. Now there are a lot who hit the wall and don't come back, but the guys who go past it, they kind of keep going. I mean, look at look at what Goldschmidt's doing. Um, I mean, he looks better. Well, that's he my looks, point. He's he looks, 35. He looks better now than he did. I saw a photo of him when he was in the minors. He looks he looks like. 10 times more in shape now than he was when he was coming up as a prospect. Well, that's kind of my point. So maybe are we looking at, you know, these guys like nutrition, sleep patterns, things that we know now that we didn't know 10 years ago, you maybe feel a little bit more comfortable with longer deals. Again, even though that's a steroid testing league that yeah. you feel like 35, 36, 37, you might feel a little bit better with these deals. Just, just throwing it out there. You might. Yeah. I mean, well, I, at some point, like, you know, the t- everybody was afraid of the 10-year deal. The Cardinals still, I think, it gives them a, a big pause for sure. Um, but at some point, that's gonna they're gonna it's gonna move past that. I mean, if guy if if every time Bryce Harper gets 13, 10 doesn't look so big. So right. I think it's a lot of where the where the market is is going to go as more guys hit free agency younger and younger. It's gonna, they're gonna get deals longer and longer, and that's the 
that's the thing too is it's a, it's a lot of it's about age yeah um, you know harper you was in the a, league when he was 19 to a, right you know harper harper is uh, and he, and he's not you know he's going to have he's having injury issues but he just showed last season what he can be so i, I think that uh i think 10 year is that is kind of like the puke point for a lot of teams certainly it has been for the cardinals i think they would love to keep everything underneath that um is that going to be possible and still get really good players, it's getting harder and harder to avoid it. Yeah, that's a good point. A um, couple more things before I let you go. One more baseball-related note. The uh, the Hall of Fame ballot is out. It's going to be tight for Scott Rowland. I, I, everything's trending in the right direction for him to get in. Third base is just a position that has been underappreciated, I think, yeah. by the Hall of Fame. I've made mm-hmm. that point constantly. I mean, it's really weird. There are very few third basemen in the Hall of Fame but then you, you look at war wins above replacement, and that is a judge that uh, a judgment for a lot of voters. Well, if you just go on that, which you don't, but that's a massive look at uh, the Hall of Fame. Obviously, he's trending upwards. His war is high. He should be in. He should be in. Yeah, I do think this year it happens uh, with with guys who have jumped up as much as he has with still having a lot of time left, they tend to get in. So I, I think it's a matter of when, not if with him at this point. And I think this year could be the year you look at where he was last year above 60%, got to be at 75. You look at some of the guys who are off the ballot. Some of the mess has gotten cleaned up. So some of the votes that were going elsewhere um, can now go toward, can now go toward Scott. Um, you nailed it about both of those arguments. It is underrepresented. There are more second basemen in the Hall of Fame than third basemen. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. There are more managers in the Hall of Fame than yeah. there are third basemen, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and then the the war argument. He's a 70-plus career war guy. Those guys tend to get in unless they're connected to steroids. He's not. Um, you look at what he produced in terms of war – during his career, and you compare it to the guys that that uh, it matches up against, the guys it matches up against are all in the Hall of Fame. And then there was an eight-season span of his career where he produced, I think it was you know more war than just about everybody but two or three guys in the league. Um, I mean, that, it's a definitive case. He his def- defense checks, his base running checks, his offense checks. You can knock him for the injuries, I guess, if you like, Dan. But two of his best seasons came post 35, you know, and, and you got to give him credit for that. If you're going to knock him for injuries during his prime, I mean, he'd be a no doubter if he hadn't had those injuries, but I I've looked at this. I've tried to talk myself into why, why he's not a hall of famer. I think he's kind of an example of, of a guy who really should be in kind of getting overlooked. And the good thing is now he's gaining steam and I I don't think it's going to stop. I think, I think he gets good news this year. And I I think it maybe the timing winds up kind of working out because last year was just going to be a mess with all of the the drama. And maybe this kind of the clouds clear a little bit and this gets to be kind of rolling and maybe he gets to be in the spotlight and that would be deserved. Yeah. Those guys are now off the ballot and and that's going to open it up a little bit too, as you mentioned. So that uh, I'm with you. I think it's going to be tight, so it's either this year or next year, but I think he's in. Uh, I'll wrap it up with this. Huge game from Mizzou. This is a, a game that if they win, they're bowl eligible, they get in. So uh, Mizzou, Arkansas, I think at last check, Arkansas favored by five. Who do you like uh, Mizzou and Arkansas in Columbia today? Kind of an interesting matchup, Dan. You've got, uh, and I'll be there covering it for the post-dispatch, you've got, you've got Arkansas, which has a great 
offensive game going. They got KJ Jefferson back at quarterback. They just had a big win against uh, against Ole Miss last week, so they're feeling good. They want to finish strong after playing one of the most brutal schedules in college football this year. And you got Missouri, which is no offense, and its defense has been its strength. And, uh, you know, Arkansas's defense has been getting torn up. Barry Odom, former Zoo coach, has had a tough year as the defensive coordinator at Arkansas. So you've got an, you have an offense in Arkansas that's been really good and a Mizzou defense that's been bad. Um, or a Mizzou defense that's been good and a Mizzou offense that's been bad. So how do those things stack up? I, I don't quite know. I think Arkansas is a little bit better of a team, so I would lean that way. But Mizzou has more to play for here. If the Tigers can win this game, it would give them – I would say their second good win of the season. Their only other one is at South Carolina. Um, if you if you give them a second good win of the season, it would give them a, a bowl appearance and probably a pretty decent bowl game day. And they, there's kind of some talk that maybe Mizzou could perhaps get into the Las Vegas Bowl, which would be against a good Pac-12 opponent in Vegas. I think there would be some fans who would be interested in that. Um, it would kind of it would allow them to position this season as the one where. It wasn't a great success, but it was one that should could build toward, you know, a bigger, better year four for Eli Drinkwitz as long as he doesn't keep, you know, as long as he's able to keep his key players out of the transfer portal. Going to a bowl game might be able to help him do that. So I think the Tigers have more to play play for here in this game, but I think Arkansas right now is a little bit better of a team. Well, buddy, always fun to do these, even on uh, the holiday weekends. Um, be safe. Have a great uh, Thanksgiving weekend. I'll look forward to your coverage of Mizzou and Arkansas in the Post-Dispatch this weekend. And then uh, have a safe trip home, and we'll we'll catch up next weekend. Sounds good, brother. I'm thankful for you. Thanks for letting me uh, partner with you to do these. I enjoy them, and I, I, I'm thankful to all the folks who listen and get a kick out of them. So we'll keep knocking them out, and uh, fo- hopefully folks will keep listening and uh We'll uh, move it on into the holiday season here, pal. Well put, buddy. That's Ben Fredrickson. I'm Dan McLaughlin. This is Scoops with Danny Mack. And uh, make sure and tune in Sunday night, Fox 2, 1030, the uh, TV show, Scoops with Danny Mack TV.